Boys and girls, greetings. It is uh, Thursday, September 7th, and uh, just after 11.30 in the a.m. And this will be Dixon Jeans episode number 962. Uh, but I'm just getting started. Um, midway through my walk, you know from the last episode, I guess, I don't know, I took six 45-minute walks, uh, day after day after day. And then I went to Kingston for a couple of days, and uh, there was no walking. So today I've restarted, but I'm, I'm I'm very aware of the plastic brace I'm wearing. It sort of goes from the back of my knee to the tip of my foot. And with each step, I'm aware I'm, I'm stepping on plastic. So I need better uh, cushioning. I, I need a new pair, a good pair of shoes for running. There's all, I'm always going to be aware of the brace. But I need a little more cushion, and uh, these shoes don't have it, and the new shoes I bought don't quite seem to do it. And it's kind of an irritation, and I don't want to make that as an excuse to uh, stop walking. I've got to keep this up, because once I let things slide, it gets really hard to get going again. All right, I made some notes, but I don't think I want to share them with you. I'm really, right now, I have no plan, no outline, no framework, no particular topic I really, um, you know, I'm eager to share. Um, the thing I do want to talk about, it's uh, related to friendships, and I'm not quite sure how to go about it. Um, you know, I, I've, I've spent a few days in the company of a friend I've known since probably 1965 or 66, somewhere in there. But So you do the math. That's a long time. This was uh, grade 11 in high school back in Quebec, and that was when uh, Robin, we'll call her. She has another name she goes by, but we'll call her Robin, <laughs> as do most of her friends. Um, she just showed up in my class. I, I know I've mentioned her before. But, hey, a little refresher on a Dixon Jane's is never a bad thing, because uh, how many of you remember anything? If if I can't remember things about my own life, I don't expect you to remember anything. Uh, Anyway, she showed up, and we we became friends quite quickly. I think I mentioned it wasn't really a date, but we did go out with another couple from Vermont, and there was a lot of drinking involved uh, until, you know, in, in... Along the lake shore, and I think all the way out to Bay Durfee or who knows where, West Island, Montreal, we're talking about. And these people were way ahead of me. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think I drank to the point when it was time to throw up. And I think that was the, the one and only ever time we ever went out on anything that almost looked like a date. Uh, I should have brought that up. <laughs> and see what her memory of the deal is. So anyway, she came to uh, Toronto from Vancouver, where she lives, to meet up with uh, some old friends and reconnect. And that's exactly what her visit was about. And uh, we had an absolutely fabulous time doing that. Uh, I visited her, uh, the place where she's staying, which was um, with people that uh, I've known too in the past, but... uh, have since that kind of friendship, and maybe this is related. You know, some you just let fade, you don't pick up. Sometimes when you get married, friendships drop off too. Uh, and maybe sometimes when you're single, you have more need for certain friendships or to, to keep up. At any rate, she had a fabulous place to stay. And uh, through her, we met a new friend. And, you know, that kind of connection is hit and miss, a friend of a friend. And, uh, good day. And in this case, it was instant. Wow. She's easy to get along with. She's fun. And there's laughter involved and, uh, you know, a little alcohol to smooth the way. It doesn't hurt. Um, but even without that, uh, it was wonderful to meet her friend who lives in Washington, D.C. 
and sort of a start. And, and there's a very good chance I'll never see that person again. But whatever it was, it was a person when you spent time with sitting around, let's say Robin, her brother, uh, who I should give a shout out to because he listens to this podcast sometimes. So hello, John. Um, and by myself sat in the back deck area and uh, she quickly polished off a bottle of white wine I'd brought over and uh, I was driving so I had my first non-alcoholic beer and it was not good and I don't know if I'll ever do that again. It, it was from Germany, it wasn't a microbrewery so it was a bit of a, it was a waste. I, I could have got by with a beer or even two and still driven. But anyway, that aside, things moved on. Robin had planned this whole trip around a visit to Kingston to uh, meet up with special people. She has one very good friend living there. I hope I'm not boring you with this. Uh, (laughs) When am I not boring you? All right. It doesn't matter. Fast forward. Don't listen. It's okay. Uh, I've got to tell this story because I'm trying to get somewhere. I'm trying to come to an understanding myself. And the, the purpose of me talking is to see where it takes me. Like I say, this is a clean slate. I don't know what's ahead. I don't know what I'm going to say until I've said it. And and it's sometimes quite surprising. Um, So Robin was in Kingston staying with a friend for two nights. Uh, We drove down together in Sal. That was an adventure in itself. It took us at least a week to sort out that arrangement. But uh, it all worked out perfectly. And I was delighted to have... Uh, Robin sitting beside me in the front seat of Sal as we drove down the 401 towards Kingston uh, and me introducing her to love and rockets and fun-loving criminals. That was for the way down. And on the way back, John in the middle seat, uh, Robin beside me once again, and I uh, made a playlist and put it on uh, um, shuffle. So, But more of that time was spent talking. So Anyway, that part of the trip was great. And... Oddly, I felt so in control driving. I felt I've never... And they complimented me on my driving. Like, I've, I've never felt as as much, I guess, in charge, I guess I was. Maybe there was a psychological effect of having somebody else you're responsible for. But I felt I was driving really, really well. Knowing when to pass, trying to keep the speed down, trying to keep the cruise control on 110. But, you know, it creeps up when you've got a line of transport trucks in front of you and you've got to boot it past them. But I felt really, really in control, and, and, and it, it felt wonderful driving. Um, very nice, of course, to be helped out with the gas. That made it even more pleasant. Uh, and uh, only a, a couple of stops. Uh, the <laughs> the Big Apple both ways. And when Warren mentioned the Big Apple, I laughed. Oh, you're not going to that tourist trap. And, of course, no, she was going to determine to bring her friend uh, in Kingston an apple pie. And then on the way back, when she was texting back her friends who she was staying with, who had by now returned home because she was cat-sitting, they were back home and they said, please pick up a couple of pies for us at uh, the Big Apple. So I guess it's a thing with a lot of people uh, because when we first stopped there, you it was on Labor Day, you could not find a parking spot. It was full. Oh, my God, what a cash cow that place is. Anyway, that was the drive Um, we get to Kingston. I'm staying with my good friends. Now, I have new names for them, and I don't know if this is going to work. Elton and Leela. Elton and Leela. You may have heard of them under different names, but uh, this trip we decided, uh, and Leela was very appropriate. Leela is the practice of playing the game of life consciously, as well as the basic nature of the divine. Now, (laughs) Leela, I say, has reached another plane if, uh, if you had heard mentions of her under her her real name, you would have heard me say the same thing. Um, she is quite uh, enlightened, but I guess to everybody else, they just see her as generous and kind and loving. We'll do anything for people, but helps people all the time. And we'll talk to anybody, anywhere, and people just, wow, they feel at ease and they like to be engaged with her. Leela is very, very special. Uh, Leela is married to uh, Elton. Now... Just to tie things together here a little bit, for those uh, taking notes at home, Elton, Robin, and I 
went to Mexico together. It was a, a trip of, uh, I guess, a few months because we left Kingston, same place we were at then. That was our starting point. We left Kingston, New Year's Day, 1976, I believe. Drove all the way down to Mexico through Scranton, Pennsylvania in a snowstorm. And spent a long time in Mexico living out of the van uh, and having the most amazing trip. I'm not going to go into all those details now, but that's what we wanted to share and reconnect over. And in fact, we did very little talk about it because there was so much else uh, going on and so many other people to connect to. Now, I'll get back to that. Um, But uh, I stayed with Elton and Leela. Uh, parked in their driveway, plugged in, sleeping in the van, so I didn't dirty any linen. Had had a shower with my own towel. I just try not to because Leela is giving and giving and giving, um, and uh, so it, I just I try to minimize my footprint there. But uh, I still get wonderful coffee, and and she makes the most amazing scrambled eggs. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, meanwhile, uh, John and Robin are staying... I haven't mentioned her name, and I'm not sure if I should. Um, Robin's friend, who we decided uh, 50 years ago, I don't know, 1970s, early 70s, when Robin first talked about this person, uh, let me me call her... uh, Ooh, I'll I'll come up with a name... Um, we decided we didn't like her. And we, I mean the males, because Robin and another mutual friend thought so highly of her and had nothing but wonderful things to say about her and how smart and clever she was and uh, how special. And we just thought, well, so what? And it's it's kind of funny. I mean, it was a joke. It wasn't really a, a hatred or anything. It was just, uh, I, I don't really want to know this person. Well, this trip... Um, I think that got fixed. <laughs> I just spent a little time with her talking, visited her house, uh, and met her two uh, rescue dogs and thought, wow, she is a pretty wonderful person. She's got a life story that's interesting. And I guess that, that that's kind of where I'm going to head towards, the life stories. Uh, so this person, uh, gosh. Let me call her Mona Lee. Mona Lee for want of a better one, Mona Lee. So Mona Lee uh, is now in my books a very special person. I would be very happy to meet her again sometime. I was quite taken with her and think, wow, she is quite wonderful. So that's where um, they stayed, I stayed. And then on the Tuesday was the grand gathering. Brady was going to host a party for dinner, some confusion over when does it start. And uh, anyway, by by 3.30 or so, people started showing up. Unbeknownst to me, my cousin who I told about this and who was dealing with long COVID um, he, you know, said he might try and come. Uh, Bray, uh, <laughs> Leela already knew, and he shows up, and I'm delighted. This is um, Cousin Zeke you've heard about from Russell. And uh, that was just an added bonus because he gets along with everybody. He got to meet Mona Lee for the first time, which Robin had very much wanted to connect those two people. So it was kind of about connections, connecting people, but with histories. And the histories run deep. So, for example, I mentioned, okay, um, Robin, Alvin, and I... Did I say Alvin? I meant Elton, sorry. (laughs) Made this trip to Mexico together and had a fine, fine time. Uh, It was just full of adventures. And this is is the trip where we're out picking mushrooms at dawn uh, and then eating too many of them. Uh, Washed down with Pepsi-Cola and uh, bread and marmalade. But by God, what a trip that was. So anyway, adventures. Um, but each person, like Robin and the other friend, uh, who I, uh, I I didn't give a name to either, the new friend I met up from Washington, if I, if I give her another name, I'm likely to forget the name. So let's just call her Pam for now. Let's just say Pam, okay? Robin and Pam have traveled with The Rock, let me tell you, to, uh, they, they knew each other, and in, uh, in Robin spent 10 years in Lebanon, okay, in Beirut. 
10 years in, in Beirut with a balcony overlooking the Mediterranean. All right, That's just these little pieces of people's lives. These people I'm connected with and we connect with each other, this tribe we talk about has the most amazing people. And at this party on the Tuesday, which we're circling back to, there was a collection of people with very, very interesting life stories, uh, full of adventures uh, scattered about the globe. And that that's kind of the exciting part. And it was very much a case of self-selection. Like, you know, these are people I want to spend time with. These are people I'm going to invest part of my life with to get to know better so that they can share their life with me and I can share mine with them on a non-superficial level, right? And on, a, on a level where you can actually have discussions. Um, this Mona Lee has a PhD. Robin has a PhD in, in esoteric studies. Um, Mona Lee has lived in Morocco for, for years. And, and uh, I, I could go on in so many directions. I'm trying to circle back to, to a point. But anyway, so let's get back to this gathering, starting outside, you know, beer, wine, whatever people are going. Um, I wanted to do a gummy. I didn't want to do a gummy alone. So I got my gummies and I, I went out and I told Robin, I, I, I have a gummy for you. Let's do a gummy. And I think she was a little reluctant. I noticed it was on on her plate on the side of her plate, and I was so afraid it was going to fall off, although it was a very sticky gummy. And I, I said, I was a little insistent that she take this gummy. Now, Robin wisely said, well, no, I don't want much, just a little bit. So I take my usual gummy, and I cut them in half. So we've got half a gummy. These are the special ones I've talked about, folks, right? These are the special ones, bought on the reserve. Um, so we've got a half. And then she insists we cut that in half so I guess we're dealing with a core I don't know it, it seemed to me by the time I had finished cutting because I had to go and get uh, ask uh, Leela to get me another knife I thought we had just had an eight feet or something and I thought well we're not going to feel anything well believe it we both got quite I, I say lifted um, poor Robin was a little concerned that she wasn't making sense and um and 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 was getting a little bit flustered about being perhaps a little too high, and I tried to uh, convince her, no, this is a good thing. She's making perfect sense. Everybody understands. And then I would pull somebody aside, a, another character, um, an art historian. Let's say we let's toss an art historian into the uh, into the mix here. There was an art historian there of an interesting heritage who also maybe. Can I say 50 years ago? 70, 71, 72, 82, 92, 50 years ago, uh, maybe dated Robin. So this art historian, they hadn't seen each other for a long time. We're talking decades here when, when people last met. Decades, folks. And then just reconnecting at this party. Uh, an art historian. I pulled him aside and said, if, by any chance, Robin's conversation with you it was a bit intense or even a little strange. It's all my fault. I insisted she take that gummy. So uh, uh, I, I don't know if that made any difference. <sighs> Food. Um, Leela is known for her cooking. Uh, mixture. Uh, she is of, um, I guess, Indian heritage via an interesting route. Um, so generosity comes easy to her, but so does good cooking and caring for others. And the food was laid out on the table in huge bowls. At least three quarters of the food was left over at the end of the meal. So out come the containers. And everybody there at the table who wanted food was given a container. Take this, take this, take this loading them up. Desserts came out. I watched her peel the apples to make this incredibly good apple crisp. Desserts came out. Uh, an amazing blueberry cheesecake. It just, you know, a feast, which everybody knew they were going to have when they showed up at uh, Elton and Leela's. And uh, 
people going home with containers full of food. So that's part of uh, what goes on at these gatherings. I may come back to this. It's already 20 minutes. And I don't know if I've got to. I don't think I have got to where I want to go to. It is something about friendship, connections. I did talk with Mona Lee, uh, likening this to a fabric. I've talked about with Pam and with Mona Lee and with Robin about how do we how do we portray or visualize the connections. And maybe I brought this up before. Forgive me. The years on one plane, right, starting wherever you want to go, 1964, 65, 66, and just each year. Then the cities matched in with the years. Then the people, the various people who make up these tribes, tribal affiliations, friendships. And uh, Mona Lee told me, the only way to do it is you have to start with yourself. You just you you have to be the person to do it. So I'm thinking some advanced AI. After every individual, you ask every individual, okay, where were you in 1965? What city are you in? Who were you hanging? Out? Who else was there that you knew and you hung out with? Then you take all this data on a spreadsheet, however you prevent, pre- present it, and submit it to an AI and it will create this fantastic three-dimensional um, what do you call it when you can see things they're not really there in front of you uh, the way television will be in the future it will appear to be in front of you there's a word I can't remember sorry um, it will it will appear in, in in space as oh and you can sort of touch it and go around and put your finger here and it'll open up, oh, that opens up these friendships. Yeah, Robin was in Vancouver in 1974, or probably she was not. But, for example, you know what I'm talking about. Wow, how cool would that be? But, of course, I won't see that in my lifetime. So we'll just stick to the basics. See your friends, meet your friends, spend time with your friends, love your friends, care for your friends, nurture your friendships. Robin told me that back in the 1960s. You need to nurture friendships like a garden. She told me that. And that's exactly what was going on at this gathering in Kingston over this Labor Day week, weekend and uh, period of time. So there we are. I'm going to end there. I think I've given you enough. I will get back to maybe the nature and nurture of friendships. And um, yeah, so we'll stop there and I'm going to continue on my walk and uh, do whatever it is I have to do today, like uh, pay bills. Scarborough Dude signing out from uh, the um, uh, Brookdale Ravine. Okay, we're on. Uh, this time we're at uh, Bluffers Park. <clears throat> I decided I'd uh, do my walk here instead of uh, doubling back to uh, the other place. And it's lovely. Uh, I packed. It was chilly out when I stepped outside this morning around 9 a.m. to uh, go and meet my friend John for coffee at a local Tim's. Uh, it was chilly. I went back in and got my sweatshirt just in case I needed another layer. And now the sun has come out and, by God, it feels good. Like it was a real fall feeling this morning. Now, September 8th, it's just about noon. Sun is beating down. I'm right on the edge of Lake Ontario, this wonderful little point that I've walked to. So I've got in 14 minutes of walk. I'm going to continue to uh, to reach at least my half-hour point, hopefully more. Usually it's 45 minutes, but uh, today things are different. you got to be open to these things. As I turn my back, there's a great view through the pine trees of the Scarborough Bluffs, which um, I was delighted to show uh, Sheen and Lauren last time for them to have a really good look at it. And uh, I'm sharing that with you, man. If you have not been to Bluffers Park, you're missing something. God damn it. Anyway... It's near noon now. I had my coffee with John, and um, very good conversation. John is well up on uh, on politics. Whoop, 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 whoop. we got a bit of a wind going. 
still don't have mufflers for this thing. They're holding my shirt up. Um, John is uh, well-educated, a thinker, an introvert, a uh, talented photographer and uh, writer. And, uh, you know, I've said many things. And John, I guess, is just one more of those people you want to cultivate uh, as a friend. This is the term Robin used, the aforementioned Robin. You, your friends, you know, they're like gardens or plants or something. You've got to nurture them and uh, and and make those friendships grow. And, of course, it is with John. I've, it's been many, many years now. But, ooh, a little birdie right beside me. Hello. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't have any food for you. Well, I do have sesame seeds. I suppose I could get some. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that later, okay? Meanwhile, I'm sorry, I'm doing a podcast. Um, so, a good conversation. And, of course, the usual thing. John is very concerned, rightly so, that Trump could win and uh, Pierre Polyev could vote in. We could be, we could, Canada could vote in a majority conservative government. And this does not align with our values. And um, we think, John and I, and uh, (laughs) thinking friends, think, realize this would be a real step backwards for Canada. Uh, And it might be one of those things where we need a four-year government of conservative values to wake Canadians the fuck up. Sorry. To realize what we stand to lose. Including funding for the CBC, you know, amongst many, many things. And and any steps forward we've moved about trans issues and gay rights and so on. Eh, A little bit in danger, you know. They they don't reveal how conservative their values really are. But once they're in power, it will come out. So, that's partly the... uh, thread of our conversation, the other thread being (laughs) how some people just don't listen. They are so full of themselves, they talk so much, they think only what they have to say is of importance. And other people, in particular introverts who don't always put themselves forward, may have nothing to share. Listen, this birdie really wants something. He's still sitting here on the bench with me saying, come on, buddy, cough up. So I'm going to pause now and I'm going to go and get my uh, sesame seeds and see if that will make him happier. All right. So birdies come before you, the listener. Yeah, that's how things are on the Dixon Chains podcast. There's a bird right here, like a bird in the hand is worth that bunch of you hiding out in the bushes. Scarborough dude signing off temporarily. Hang on. And we're back. Um, the little birdie is still with me. I, I fed, put out little pieces of sesame snap, and he'd sort of peck at it, but uh, just kept dropping them. Didn't seem all that interested. I thought that would have been a, a no-win. I mean, a, 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 a crowd blazer. I thought he would have liked the sesame snaps, but apparently not. All right, so anyway, I'm back. The wind has died down. And uh, I guess I really don't have much to say again, which could be a blessing. Um, But the one point, and it came out in the conversation with John, is the importance, I guess, of being valued by others. Uh, Maybe recognized, appreciated for who we are, our individuality, our special qualities. And that's kind of what our Kingston gathering was about. It was a celebration of each other's lives that over all these years, and like I say, we're going, you know, 50, 60 years of knowing somebody and keeping up that friendship. And, you know, and there'd be gaps. Like that whole time Robin was in Lebanon for 10 years. No, I didn't uh, didn't think I had my own life. I guess I, who knows what, what I was. I was probably uh, all involved in uh, being married and having children and, uh, you know, maybe uh, being involved in my local school, uh, you know, whatever. Everybody's lives gets busy and, uh, oh, here's another bird. Maybe these, oh, two of them now. Three. Oh, okay. Well, you folks try and find it, would you? I guess they're just, they're just brown. I should know what kind of bird. What a, what a shame. I'm I'm thinking... I just call any bird I don't know that's not too big a sparrow. Maybe there's sparrows, large numbers. I could check that out later. Thank you. Um, 
anyway, it was about the, the being valued for who you are. Somebody recognizing maybe the richness of your own life and your own personal history and, and uh, the things you've done. And, and not everybody can do that. And you can't do that with a casual friendship. And then your people at work might know just part of who you are through your work relations and know you've got a boyfriend or this or that. But to truly have friends who value you for who you are. Now, this can include even very close friends having misconceptions. Like Robin asked me, are you still a born-again Christian? And I thought, whoa, 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 where did that? Never was a born-again Christian. Where did that come from? Um, And asked, referred to my road trek as Trekkie, a name I would never, ever use. And it was a deliberate setup from Bruce out in Vancouver. Bruce and Robin are good friends. There's there's these overlaps and interplays and, uh, you know, cross-references and, uh, you know, so I had to give her a lecture on it, it was Sal and why it was Sal and so on. I had to re, you know, educate her. Uh, as we do in, in the course of friendships, there are misconceptions, there are uh, misunderstandings, there are things. So, yes, Robin, it is not called Trekkie, it is called Sal. And yes, Robin, I am not and never was a born-again Christian, but I did have some involvement in the... Uh, West Hill United Church with the atheist minister Greta Vosper. Thank you very much. Now, these other birds seem to have no interest whatsoever in the sesame snaps that are just inches away from their little beaks, pointy little beaks. Come on, guys. Isn't there something in there you'd like? I don't know if they have a sense of smell or whatever. Oh, oh, okay, this guy found one. Nope, and he just picked it up and dropped it. Nope. No interest at all. Well, I am very sorry. I thought I was giving you a real treat. All right. Anyway, it, clearly I, I don't have much to say. I don't have anything to say. But it, it was... The richness of friendships, of being... You know, of, of people caring about you. And you caring about them. And not just yourself. Maybe that's closer to uh, what I'm getting at. But, you know, in in the long run, we are the true keepers of ourselves and and are the only ones who really know and may sometimes have to steer friends in another direction. Uh, The people who still like to refer to me as, you know, a a real party animal and drinker, heavy drinker, which I'm not anymore. And uh, But, you know, some of our history we have to shed. We have to. Ch- we're all changing. We're all moving targets. I guess that's the other thing. We are not who we were when we knew. And I think that's it. When you have these little gatherings, and you're renewing friendships, especially with people you haven't seen for a long time or may have a long history with, there needs to be time to to set the record straight, to reconfigure, to recalibrate. Okay, who is that person now? Oh, that's not who I thought it was. They used to be this and that. And allow ourselves to change and allow uh, change in our friends and, and uh, you know, appreciate the new person uh, and who will likely in a year from now be somebody different again. All right. I, I'm going absolutely nowhere with this podcast. I might even not record release any of this because I'm just I just don't have a firm grasp. And I knew that before I started. This is this is not I don't think it's typical of me, but it's uh, it's certainly happening now. I'm trying to say something about the value of friendship, and I, I don't think I'm getting there. I think, I, I think I'm struggling to find some key value, and, and uh, I don't think I can. I don't think I'm getting there. So I'm signing off once again. Bye for now. In the wind. Oh, God damn it. And i got to continue my walk. Ding dong. I got no bell. Well, it's on the walker behind me, but that's still folded up in the back seat of my wife's Mazda. And I'm doing something I don't normally do uh, from here. This is the um, 
Birkdale Ravine where I go for my walk, and I'm, I'm about to. But uh, yesterday when I went to McDonald's, of course, I used the era to Tim Hortons. I used the app, and I saw I could get two coffees and two donuts for $5. And I thought, well, yeah, because maybe I'm just going to have one coffee and one donut, and what's that going to cost me? You know, so it seemed a deal. So we went for that. Uh, but then the second coffee uh, I didn't really want. So I was wise enough, wise enough was I, to uh, take it home and put it in the fridge. And now I'm drinking it here to start my walk. It's just black, dark roast. Um, I kind of like it. Um, but anyway, there you go. So in other words, it wasn't wasted. And I ate one donut at the shop with John Meadows. When I referred to John earlier, I was talking about John Meadows. And um, snuck the other apple fritter at home. Uh, both uh, my wife and my son claimed to be on diets. They seemed to be. Um, so I didn't have any guilt about uh, eating that donut, the second donut. All right. So I'm going to start this walk very soon, as soon as I finish. And... I'm really bothered by the three preceding clips. Like the first 33 minutes of this thing. There's a part of me that says, Ken, just there's nothing in there that's of any value to any listener. Just delete it, trash it, and start fresh. So this could be the fresh start. I haven't made that decision yet as to whether uh, I'm going to do that. And normally, I, you know, I don't know why it's, you know, I think I have to do more than what I'm doing, but there's possibly a fear of getting old and then getting more boring and more repeating myself and making more mistakes, you know. So there's a little bit of that fear. But there's also, I've always wanted to, to make this a listen, that uh, a podcast that people will, yeah, okay, that wasn't time wasted. Glad I listened to that. Now, today I listened to two or three other bits and pieces of podcasts. Now, what the fuck? They're not much better, you know. So I should allow myself that, okay, so what? Some are some of you are all firing on all cylinders, everything is great, and some you are just, you know, trying to find something. And it is, I've been trying to find something to say about friendships. Now, I did talk to uh, Robin... And she said, oh, everybody knows about friendships, but it's the, it's the, sort of sometimes it's the accidental or even the very short-term acquaintances, I guess. You know, they, they don't really develop into friendships, but, well, they can in a way that can have great impact. So, for example, I mentioned she has this very good friend, um, in uh, Kingston, who she stayed with. I think I called her Mona Lee, yes. And uh, sad to say, Mona Lee's husband is from Morocco, and they have just had a devastating earthquake uh, up in the mountains. My God, I, a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, you know, we have all our dreams and, fa- and you know, things, plans and everything else, but there are some things in life we have no control over, and... Uh, the forces of nature, the fires, the floods, the earthquakes, typhoons. These are these can take lives when those lives weren't planning on being taken. So anyway, this friend is really through another friend. Um, what should we call her? I, I know this is, seems silly to you. Uh, well, let's just, let's just call her Pat. Let's just call her Pat. Or Patsy. Maybe Patsy. Um, Patsy knew this woman. Knew the Mo- Mona... What did I call her? Mona, Mona Lee. Patsy knew Mona Lee through her boyfriend. She didn't really know Mona Lee, but she knew this. They had a common friend. Mona Lee was dating somebody... Patsy knew this person, uh, and through that person, that male, she met Mona Lee. They became friends. Robin found out because Robin was friends with Patsy. Mike Garvey. All right, I'm going to accept this, so hang on. 
Hello. Hello, Ken. Yes. Yeah, okay, I'm back. Um, that was an invitation to a dinner with uh, a Japanese student who would have been one of the students I arranged to come over to uh, Canada and with their uh, host family, but uh, I can't make it. I'm going to be camping in Presqu'ile next week uh, with my good buddy, Chris, the boy, from uh, Melbourne. So uh, looking forward to that. So, look, I'm going to... i got some stuff here I want to share, but I, you know... Damn. How about this one? In each hand... So look at your hand right now. Okay, are you listening? Look at your hand. In each hand, you have 29 bones, 17 muscles, plus 18 more that are in the forearm but control the hand, right? Another 18 in the forearm. Two main arteries, three major nerves and 45 other named nerves, like they've identified, they know which ones they are, and 123 named ligaments, all of which must coordinate their every action with precision and delicacy. Think about that. The hand of a painter, an artist. All right, so um, I'm going to get, from there we're going to go to... uh, free will. Uh, but I've I got to get my walk in. I'm going to finish this damn coffee and get my walk in. That was that was a delay. I, I was on the phone for about 15 minutes. So, All right. Um, we'll get back to free will. Um, starting with, well, I'm going to give you the opening paragraph, all right? And then I'll come back to that. Here's the opener. You ready? There is no free will in physiological terms. All our actions are determined by decisions that are formed by a combination of such things as hormones, which are affecting my homeostasis, reflexes, those are learned experiences, and nervous triggers. That's what makes each of us unique in a way. Uh, Unique. In a way, everything we do is the only way we can do it. Even though we can reflect and think how different and differently we could have acted, it doesn't matter at that point. So this is this is this opener. We, you know, I'm I'm not good at this because I I don't know. I I think when Sam Harris says there's no free will, I I, I agree with Sam Harris. But sometimes it gets down to definitions and what do you mean by you know free or will. Um, and other people come up with completely different, uh, different answers to this. Um, here's the counterpoint. I guess I'm going to do this cause I'm still drinking my coffee. Here's the counterpoint to that. And, and you have to ask yourself, do you believe in free will? Do you get this? And, and I think my cousin Dave, uh, cousin Zeke, sorry, uh, says there's no free will. So when people like that say it, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I lean heavily that way. Now here's somebody else. There is never only one predetermined choice. You always have multiple choices. So this is when you know it comes to making a decision or an action. The illusion of determinism comes from us looking at the past as fixed. We look at the past and well it was fixed and therefore everything fell into place. It never was or is truly fixed. We sculpted that one linear thread in the tapestry of existence, but could have woven one of many others. There could have been so many other things you could have done in the past. It wasn't fixed. Look into the future, and you see multiple choices, right? Do I keep talking to you now and reading this? Do I go for my walk now and forget this? Do I delete the first three clips I did? As You know, do I... You know, of course, I'm going to continue podcasting. That's likely, but uh, there's there's lots of choices here. Uh, look into the future, and you see multiple choices. You can choose any one of them to become your past. Right? You choose your whole life. It's not determined or fixed. So I don't know if that's just a simplification. The guy said, "No, no, you got you got you got all these choices. You're 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 creating." But I think what it what they're trying to say is. Everything acts on every decision, and if you could somehow 
almost sort of get into the programming of, of all the factors that are impacting that decision. Like, my going for to take a walk today? Well, I'm committed now because I've already told people about it and told my wife. And I'd feel guilty if I don't. So guilt plays a big part in my in my life in terms. But it is a variable. Now, if it had been pouring rain, I might have just said, oh, no, that's a shitty day. I won't do that. Um, those are outside factors. So there's any number. Like, what is it that's that's making me decide um, to, to take this walk, to commit myself to doing it? Um, I say it's for health reasons. I think I kind of enjoy it. I think I want to please other people, like my wife, to say, look, look what I'm doing. I'm walking because she wants me to, and I don't want to be that old man getting grumpy sitting around the house complaining because his feet hurt. So, anyway, there you go. All right, Jesus. I'm going to have to finish this off. There is a common modern fallacy. This is a common modern fallacy, this whole business of free will. However, human self-aware intelligence, human self-aware intelligence overrides the normal linear cause and effect of the non-human world. So everything in the human world we can determine is cause and effect. You know, the, the movements of the planets, the, the, the tornadoes that touch down and so on. You can see all the reasons why that happened. But humans have a self-awareness and an intelligence that can override the normal cause and effect of the non-human world, okay? We can imagine, extrapolate, predict, and thus make choices outside of determinism, right? We, we have this mental ability to process information, to think about it, to imagine uh, this stuff. You can plan and live your life a few seconds in advance. Okay, when am I going to stop talking to you and get the fucking walker out and go take my walk? Soon, all right? Or decades in advance, you can plan. Yes, uh, the decision I made when I went back to school to get that ESL certificate or TESL certificate because I got to make a living uh, in the future. And uh, I've got nothing but a BA in psychology, which gets me nowhere, no job. But here is a practical piece of paper I will have that may get me a job. And sure enough, it got me the job of a lifetime in Japan. My planning, my choice to get that certificate from Carleton University in 1983 after doing such a miserable job teaching in Nigeria and uh, graduating in 84 and going marching off to Japan on a one-way ticket with paper in hand and getting hired by somebody who said, hey, that's exactly the credentials we're looking for. Are you the guy? And yes, I was. All right? All right, so that was planning in advance, right? Where are we are now. All right, let me finish. There is not just one life available to you, but millions. I could have gone to Korea. could have gone to China. <sighs> The linear nature of time fixes past actions in concrete. The linear nature of time fixes past actions in concrete. Can't change it. And so we tend to think of future actions as already determined. This leads to this, leads to this, leads to this. Because if we look in the past, we see how it's fixed. Okay, so this is, again, these, these are three different people, right, putting forward their arguments. I took this from a Bertrand Russell page on Facebook. That's where it came from. Um, so, so we tend to think of future actions as already determined. However, they are not. Right now, thousands of different choices are available to you via your creative imagination. Okay? So think of yourself. Think of yourself if you were, uh, who's that guy? Tennessee Jake, you know? I'm not going to answer my phone. I'm not going to pick up my phone. It's the weekend. I'm going to do this. Or, uh, storm's coming, I'm going to mow the lawn now. He is a thinker. You know, I'm going to fix my uh, tub. Oh, by the way, happy 50th birthday to uh, to the uh, Tennessee Jake out there in uh, Armpit, Tennessee. Turned 50, and I, I heard that, and I thought, holy fuck, that's young. Jesus, he's got a whole fucking life ahead of him. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be retired. He'll be living the good life. My God. All right. So, 
there's a million choices available to you. you include you, Tennessee Jake. Um, you can only choose one, but you can choose any one. Your choice is not fixed or determined until after you have acted upon it. Okay? It's not. It's determined after you have acted upon it. Right? Up to then, it's free. And that choice does not determine your next one. So you make a choice, and then you're still free with another choice coming up. The choice you just made now, see, I, I question that. I don't know about that. You make one choice, and that sort of inevitably is going to guide you in another direction, off on another path. Choices, and thus lives, can be random and chaotic, not linear, linked, or predetermined. Okay, you know, the decisions people make. Choices, and thus lives, can be random and chaotic, not linear, linked, and predetermined. Your life never was predetermined. You choose it. And right now, you can choose any future you can imagine. And which is physically possible. Yeah. I'm not going to fly. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I'm going to leave that there. I think that's enough done. And I'm going to... Uh, it's been a week since the last podcast, so I could finish this today. Coffee's all gone. So I'm off, we're off on the walk. Uh, you may hear from me at the end of the walk, or uh, you may not. Scarber dude, talking to you. Signing off. Bye for now. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. I guess I could always call this the uh, Burley Bell. The Burley Bell. It's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> Ew. All right. I got eight minutes. No time for jokes, folks. Um, I'm sitting in uh, Cedar Brook Park. I think that's where I just checked in. Um, I haven't been here for a very long time. I used to come with my, well, when the kids were young, sitting in this very spot. Where some assholes have taken out the bench. You know, you got a really nice wooden bench and there's two planks so your whole bum can fit on it. Well, somebody went out of their way, probably some night, to make a fire to rip off one of these. It just really bugs me, but young people do stupid things. Yeah, I see the ashes of the fire. God damn it. Anyway, uh, let's not go on about that. I still have just enough room. Not being that large in the ass that I can still sit on this thing. Um, it's a change. Instead of me driving off, I would have had to move my wife's car, then back out the Toyota. Instead of all that, I thought, hey, I can uh, just walk down Cheyenne. That's the street near us. Intersects with uh, Farmbrook. And um, pick up the uh, entrance to the park, you know, at the foot of the street. So uh, that's exactly what I did. There was one catch. Uh, Yuki, my dear, dear, dear cat, who I love so dearly. I love her so much it frightens me a little because I'm just so afraid of losing her. And um, she came up. I had just had my shower lying on my bed listening to uh, The Salad Years. Uh, the Salad Years. That's a podcast. Check it out. Two good friends, one in Calgary and one in Toronto, uh, both raising families. Anyway, Salad Years. And uh, Yuki came up in the bed and then just spread herself out on the pillow beside me. And it's just so irresistible. And she's happy and she's got her face right next to mine. A little paw comes out to touch me. And it it's just so endearing. It's so beautiful. It's so peaceful. It's so calm. And But eventually I got to say, no, Yuki, I got to have my walk. I, I need my exercise, you know. So I got up thinking she'd stay there, but her eyes opened and she saw me leave. Next thing I know, she's downstairs and wants out the front door, let her out. Then I step out from a walk and she's just going to hang around. And I start walking down the driveway and Yuki says, hey, I'm coming too, buddy. I'm with you. And it just, it just frightened me so much. Like the thought of her following me across the street and down through a neighborhood. No, no, no. 
And I had to trick her back into the house with, uh, open the door and call her. And now she'll respond to him. She's very much like a little dog. Like she does follow and she does, you know, and she talks, you know, when she wants out, you hear her. You can be sitting in your chair and she'll, she'll sit by the door and let out a meow like, hey, open the door. Anyway, I had to trick her back into the house with some candies and then get away, alert the house, don't let Yuki out. And uh, so here I am. And I kept turning back. Oh, my God, what if they let her out and she's following me? Um, The other day, remember uh, in an earlier podcast, those three little birdies were coming around wanting and not wanting my uh, sesame snack. And... I just, I was engaged with them, you know, like, why are they here? They don't want this, and they're just hanging around. Maybe other people have fed them from that very bench, you know, that's a possibility. Anyway, the, um, I guess, was it the same day or the day after, Yuki caught a bird, and I felt so bad, because the other birds are just squawking and squawking. She went from our balcony, take leaping, they could run, leapt up in this hedge where the bird was, like, she just knew, and she got it, and she ate the whole thing pretty well. I didn't see the remains. My son did. He said, there's only the feet left. It's just a little thing. I mean, it's a very small bird, but still, it's it's sad. It's tragic. And I was trying to wonder if those things were connected. The other birds wanted to tell me something that I couldn't pick up on, and then one of their own kind... Uh, I, I mean, I didn't see the bird, but it just, it, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I do know. God, I, I, I wanted to tie things together. My friend Chris is arriving Thursday. That's going to be a whole new adventure. I'll save that from when I'm here. Um, I had other thoughts. Where are they? Damn it, damn it, damn it. I made a couple of notes. Um, I did see Barbie. I enjoyed the movie. I don't know if I told her that. The seats are okay. I went with my wife. Yeah. Um, Yuki kills a bird. My pantry man job. I I should tell the story of that. 1973. So that's 50 years ago. Pantry man on the CN on the uh, train from Vancouver to Winnipeg. You know, not everybody's done that. The Stones. How disgusted I was. Number one, but the song absolutely stinks. What is it? Anger or something? I don't know. It stinks as a song. The video is the worst I've almost I've ever seen how pathetic it was unless they were really being satirical and I don't give them credit for that like really hey we're gonna show you how bad shit is and uh, we're gonna just sort of mockingly put out a bad video and a bad song but the presentation with Jimmy Fallon I I could have puked I don't like Jimmy Fallon anyway Uh, I don't even know if it's his right name so full of himself man talk about ego and he just really wanted to be center stage. Nick, Mick, actually, put him back in his seat at one point because he was standing up. He was singing Stone songs. He was, you know, I mean, they bought into it. Serves them right. But the Three Stones, uh, you know, it was embarrassing. Come on, guys. All right. Yeah, 60 years. First song. First first new album of new material. Well, how good is it going to fucking be when you got so many other people who just, their talent's unrecognized because... People like the fucking Stones monopolize the media, you know, and of course it's it's all a game. Anyway, it was sick. I was embarrassed for them. I thought it really stunk. That's my opinion, okay? And uh, don't bother treating me to their new album. I don't want it. I mean, I like Old Stones. I mean, I've been a Stones fan from the beginning, right? I mean, I'm talking about the beginning, but... Uh, this was just this disgusting. Hockney Diamonds, it was called. Yeah, they explained that. Hockney Diamonds. What are What's when people get drunk in Hockney and smash car windshields with a baseball bat or a cricket bat, and you get all these little bits of glass all over the place. Those are Hockney Diamonds. Yeah, okay. So, folks, that's it. It's the end of a podcast. I'm going to go home, put this baby together, but i got to continue my walk. I've got to get in at least... 30 minutes walking every day. And if I can keep that up for, uh, you know, till the snow comes, that's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I, I had more to say about the friendship things and the linking. Um, but I never did. I never was able to connect all the pieces. 
And maybe there was nothing really to say. Uh, we all know what friendships are and how important they are. And the longer you have them, maybe the more meaning you get assigned to them. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, you care. I'm very, very upset for my friend who's got, uh, um, you know, the disease where you start shaking and lose motor control. It really, really upsets me. Not Lou Gehrig's, but uh, the Parkinson's. <sighs> it saddens me. All right, so we'll end on a sad note. Scarborough dude, and uh, yeah, you know, get in touch, sure. Yeah, of course, you never do. Doesn't matter. Um, there was somebody else I wanted to give a shout-out to, but uh, no, we'll just end here with the ducks splashing in the water. Scarborough dude signing out. Ding, dong, ding.